Is this allowed? This is Diatribe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. My name is Caleb. This is Diatribe. Get rich or diatribing. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Okay, the show is back for another week. Um, <laughs> okay, so before getting into the headlines, I just want to drag a single sick... Well, I don't, not, I don't know if she has a man. Maybe she's a 61-year-old lesbian, maybe she's alone, maybe she's a widow, I don't know. I just want to drag her. Ma'am, okay, so in my city, I'm in South Korea, like I mentioned last week. So the coronavirus is a thing that's happening, I guess. As far as I knew, the infection rate was stable until a, until this unnamed 61-year-old woman went to church of all places. Look, I feel so bad for dragging this woman, but honestly, ma'am, what were you doing? So as far as I know at this point, this woman went to a church and infected enough people that I sneezed at work today and my boss sent me home. But I mean, everything was fine in this country until one 61-year-old woman went to church and infected like 40 people. Teachers are starting, uh, well, I'm meant to start, I mean, the school year is supposed to start, at least in my city, it's supposed to start, start next week. And I don't know. After almost two months of time off, I'm ready to have things to do. But I mean, now people are talking about self-quarantine and staying in your homes and, and I don't know, Netflix and chilling until, yikes, saying Netflix and chill sounds so outdated saying it out loud. Stay at home, jerk off paint a picture, save a life, whatever, whatever you do, do it at home until this virus passes. And I'm just thinking, okay, that's cute. That's sweet. But I mean, I literally work. I mean, what about the, what about the, what about those of us who work in public schools? You know, what is a public health crisis? Me having to go into work. So, I mean, if this is the last episode of the show, because I'll be infected and on track to die soon. Sorry. And you're welcome, I guess. What a time to be alive. Okay. I want to talk headlines. First of all, I want, first of all, Sam Smith, non-binary legend, LGBTQIA plus champion. So they came out as non-binary, changed their pronouns, started wearing makeup, had that sickening choreography in that music video. They announced an album, Sam Smith. Okay, the album is called To Die For, and so is the, so is the single that was just released. And it's just kind of okay. I feel like the more I stand Sam Smith as a human being, the less I stand him as an artist. Because I can't in my wildest dreams picture a world where I'm just like the week of the album coming out, wanting to go out and get a physical copy. I mean, maybe if he was on the cover of like Cosmopolitan, I'd be much more interested in buying him on buying a cover, buying a glossy magazine with his face on it, wearing makeup than I would be to buy his music. And that's just fucking sad. I feel like the, I feel like in the beginning of his career, what really sold or like what people couldn't. I can't snap. What people, <laughs> what was in the back of people's minds or what, what, like, I guess, like, what we couldn't put our finger on was like, <gasps> is he the new George Michael? Gay, but not seeming to, not seeming alternative. Your parents liked his music. Nominated for Grammys. Sounds great live. Is this our George Michael? I feel like everyone thought that Sam Smith was this generation's George Michael for a bit. I feel like that's what fueled his first two albums. I really wish, I really want to be excited about this and I'm just not. And I wouldn't feel like that's worth saying if I could imagine that it, that anyone is. Meanwhile, older Gen Z and young millennials are getting their lives from Troye Sivan looking into a camera, literally reading lyrics of a Sufjan Stevens song and calling it art. Like, fuck. 
Can we get the icons that we deserve? Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Donald Trump is president. And Justin Bieber has released a new album. Everyone's favorite twink turned redneck has released an album called Changes, which is funny because, at least physically, nothing about him has changed for the better. Not the porn star moustache, not dressing like Adam Sandler in public. I feel like I have a, I have a right to be a little steamed. Because, I mean, wasn't... I mean, the last album, Pepos, wasn't it nominated for a few Grammys? Like, it had a few... It had, like, three number ones, and objectively, they were... <laughs> objectively there was some good there was like some decent music and then he put out this piss stain of a song that single yummy is 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 an audible abortion like i wish the song became a human being so i could shit in its face and tell it to fuck off and die it's such a bad song and i don't know if part of it is like supposed to be a little meta and oh it's repetitive it's immature it's stupid he's a little old for this but it's i bet it's gonna be a hit I bet his career is not going to suffer at all. Are you mad? Yes, I'm mad. <laughs> the part of me deep down that doesn't want to seem out of touch is pretending to at least give the song and his music the time of day and I hate it. Because the least you can do is put out music that is that sounds like it's attempting to be decent. Yummy, go eat your rent-wife model's pussy all you want, but don't make a song about it. My good sis Megan Trainer has released a single. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing. Do you know? Do you ever see those like ads on entertainment sites where it's like stars who don't realize they're not famous anymore? Megan sis, this is really what you want to be doing. Also in What Are You Doing News, Billie Eilish, I don't know, have you heard the Billie Eilish 007 theme song yet? Have you? No rush. I don't know. When I saw this online and it was like, Billie Eilish, no time to die. 40 minutes ago, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess fuck. I guess I'm kind of obligated since, it, since I'm seeing it just as it came out to click on it. And so I did. And I'm like, I don't know. I like the, I I like the idea. Like, for me, I didn't think it was like, it didn't strike me as, you know, the aging, kind of out-of-touch Bond franchise was like, hello, fellow kids. How do you do, fellow kids? Here's our Billie Eilish theme song. Please watch our film. I actually thought it was like a cute match. I thought, like, this is, could be, this could, this is kind of cool that she's doing the song. And then I heard the song. And then I wish I had never heard the song. And I wish the song didn't exist. Because, yikes. It seemed, it was just like... I feel like if it was up to her, and I'm not, I'm really not the person who should, who has any, who should have anything to say about this, because I, I really would have no idea. I haven't even, I've watched like two interviews with this young lady. But deep down in my vagina, I feel like she might have been tempted to do the song, but would have decided not to do the song. It seems like someone had a gun to her head and say, and said, hey, um, you know what would be cool? If you wrote a song that felt very 007. But you have to use, like, an ABAB rhyme scheme. It seems like the 007 challenge. Like, do a... Can you do a 007 song? Just feels like it could have been a lot more imaginative than it was. I feel like if she had really wanted to do it just for fun and wasn't, like, coming off a few Grammy wins and being like, okay, let's see. And, like, what must be a team behind it being like, okay, let's 
let's be smart about what you do next. I feel like if it, if if she just like, I don't know, she seems like a fun person. I feel like if she just did a James Wan 007 theme for the, for this movie for fun, that this would have knocked pretty hard because it seems like a good match. But I mean, here we are, the song sucks. She's performing it at the Brit Awards and does not look like she's having a good time. I'm still, I mean, like I wanted to watch the, I wanted to watch No Time to Die anyway. You don't need to pander. Like, fuck, it just feels, it just feels like it's like, it's too many people's day job to make sure that these things are like, these things are a success. Like, what I can't get my head around is that this all led up to the most generic paint by numbers 007 theme that I've ever heard in my life, really. That's just, that's sad, huh? Before moving on from from music news, um, filed under who cares, subsection no one gives a fuck, is Lil Pump. <laughs> I could have been knocked over by a feather when I heard that Lil Pump de- decided to leave, to decided to retire, is retiring. Why even put out an announcement, sis? You could have, you could have disappeared and no one would have been the wiser. I have a bone to pick with Holly Quinn. Saying that out loud, I feel like it sounds like I want to fuck her, which I do not. I don't want to fuck Holly Quinn. <laughs> what I mean is, I love that this movie is doing badly. And look, it has like five female leads starring everyone's favorite Halloween costume from 2017. So, I mean, I guess it seems like a safe bet. I bought a ticket. See, this is, I bought a ticket to Suicide Squad, not reading a review, not really. I mean, I watched the trailers. But I was so excited to see the Joker, Jared Leto's Joker, that I sat my ass down in the theater, feeling like I had a pre-booked a good time. Come to find out, they had, I mean, the Joker was on screen for like seven minutes. Like, the studio losing goodwill with Jared Leto because he like sent used condoms and I don't know, whatever other weird gifts to the cast behaved like it was his movie. Like, so they changed the movie. I mean, like, if you go and like dig a little about why there was why that movie turned out to be a bad movie why they edited into edited it into a different movie than what they shot it's kind of it's not heartbreaking it kind of makes me mad because i mean they filmed so much they supposedly filmed a ton more joker footage than they used cara delevingne was not supposed to spoiler cara delevingne was like not supposed to be the villain the ending was not supposed to be so such a limp dick of an of an ending like like it could have been a good movie and they changed it after it had been shot and cut out the joker like so when the first thing in the trailer for the new harley quinn movie was them killing off the joker i was just like fuck you jared leto's joker was i think like one of the most interesting things happening in pop culture when it happened and here was an opportunity to bring him back a little. I mean, like, one of the most interesting things about Holly Quinn is that she was in a relationship with the Joker. That is literally her origin story. But no, because you were viral for a few weeks or a few months, then you had, like, men, women, and children, non-binary people dressing up as Holly Quinn for, like, a solid 18 months. You thought, you thought, you thought. Even if her, even if her relationship with the Joker was, like, off to the side, but enough to be... If there was just enough of that... That you feel like a little satiated, I could have, I could have dealt. But you killed him off. You killed him off. As if you didn't need him. As if like the Joker was just something you did not need in a movie about Harley Quinn. This movie is flopping. Like <laughs> I felt so smug when I when I read 
when I heard, with my ear to the streets, I heard that the movie went from being called Birds of Prey to Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Like people don't even know what you are. And you really thought you could kill the Joker off? Your pussy was so, was so, was so, was burning so bright that you really thought, you really thought. That's like having, that's like when Brian May said that they like suggested, reportedly suggested, allegedly suggested that they could do a sequel to Bohemian Rhapsody and it could be all about like the band going from strength to strength without Freddie Mercury. Like, that's what that seems to be. A Bohemian Rhapsody sequel, completely about the remaining members of Queen, is like a Harley Quinn movie where they kill off the Joker. And I mean, it's not because people are not interested in sequels or like, this is a bad time for movies, I mean. And I'm saying that because I watched Bad Bad Boys for Life. It's made more money than the, like, Fast and the Furious spin-off, Hobbs and Shaw. I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, it's made more money than the Fast and Furious spin-off, spin-off Hobbs and Shaw, which makes me feel like we should give the people what they want. Give us what we want. And I'm all here for a female-driven cast, but this just pisses me off. It feels, it just feels smug that you thought that you could do this. You really thought you could do this. You really thought you could have a movie with one barely A-list, like B-plus list actress I don't care if she's won an Oscar or was Oscar-nominated. Margot Robbie is not going to sell a movie. Her and, like, four other nobody-gives-a-fuck female leads. You really thought that and, you know, Harley Quinn speaking like Bernie Sanders for an hour and a half was going to sell this movie. You really thought. Ooh, I hate it, but I also love it at the same time. Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. That's gotta hurt. Oof. I want to lead my head back, hold a glass of champagne in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand and laugh my head off. Because you didn't give the, you didn't give the people what they want and it bit you in the ass. I'm done. Okay, that's it for what you need to know. Oof, that's a throwback. The segment used to be called that's what you, I mean, what you need to know. That's it for what you need to know, I guess. Pop culture, hot topics. And, um, well, let's take a break. All right, sis, it's time for the diatribe portion of the program. Yeah, every time I do this segment, I I think, like, should I explain what this is or should I just kind of let it speak for itself? A diatribe, I mean, it is what it sounds like. An unsolicited going off, getting something off your chest, saying what you saying what you need to say. And I, my name's Caleb and I have got, I've got something to say. Do you ever hear those articles or read those books? Like, so-and-so, head of whatever the fuck, wakes up at 3am and reads their emails and has their cup of coffee, does an hour of workout, hour of work, works out for an hour and saves a baby from a burning building before 6am. Like, 10 habits of CEOs. Five things that the most successful people on earth do or have. For a while I was seeing or seeking out a few seeking out coverage of Tim Cook's morning routine. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple. I know you know who he is. I'm sure you know who he is. Everyone's favorite gay tech wizard. Tim Cook, like, apparently wakes up at, like, 3, 3.45. I'm pretty sure it's before 4 o'clock in the morning. Getting up early was just a thing that I felt like I needed to do. Like, I'm one, I'm one of those people who, even when they wake up without an alarm, on time, feeling rested, will just go back to sleep. 
I happened upon this book and it was, it was about chronotypes, I think. It was different. It was, the way it got you was that you did this very comprehensive survey online where you would find out the type of sleeper that you were, just like when your most productive time of the day would be, what waking up at the time that you usually or are most comfortable waking up says about you, how long you should try and concentrate on things. And I was like, okay, maybe waking up at 3am isn't for everyone. Like, maybe I did the quiz and it was scarily accurate and it almost had me. I was like, okay, you know what? I just need to admit to myself who I am. Just let me just face facts. And I found out my quote unquote chronotype and I was like, okay, I can work with this. And then I had like a moment of revelation. I kind of, okay, so what... I don't know if this makes any sense. Like, I don't know. It felt fake profound at the time. And I mentioned Caitlyn Jenner last episode. I remember because I mean, I was really into her for a while. Yikes. That does not sound accurate. I was, I was really into that story. Her story. She spoke about back when she was Bruce and how training for the Olympics was about pushing herself to see how good she can get at something. And part of it was an acknowledgement that it was it's very much pushing herself. And so you can sit back, figure out your chronotype, and just try and have a decent time. Or you can wake up at 3am and try and reach the upper limits of what you may or may not be capable of. Unless it's like some huge act of God <laughs> that gets in your way. What really can get in your way? I'm starting to think what can get in your way is more or less negligible. So that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode. It wasn't exactly easy to get to it, especially at first. But the support has been great, and I really do, I really do appreciate it. The show's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. On the face of it. At the crux of it, at the crux of it, at the fulcrum.